Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are very happy to have all of you with us. I would like to say a special hello to our newer listeners that tune in from afar, at least far from us here in the United States. Hello to the folks that have tuned in from Norway and the Netherlands and Poland, uh, those that are hearing us in Egypt, in uh, South Africa, in India, Thailand, South Korea, and, last but not least, China. May God bless you all. And well, welcome to our regulars. It's great to have folks looking for the Word of God through us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coincidentally, whether from nearby or afar, everyone is each other's neighbor. And as the Lord teaches us through His Word, we need to help each other by meeting each other's needs, not necessarily each other's wants. We'll discuss in a few minutes what each of us should be doing with our neighbor as an expression of our love towards God. But right now, I invite you to pray for God's guidance in your life so that He can show you clearly who He would like for you to help. We all have something to give, whether it's something financial or time. At the very least, each person can pray for someone else. The one thing to keep in mind is that we should help each other with actual needs, not wants. I say needs because wants are confused with needs. Actual needs imply like someone needing a roof over their heads or needing food to eat because they have none or needing clothes to wear because they're either naked or cold. Some people have dire health needs, maybe someone that has an incurable disease or they have something that is just very difficult to live with. It may be someone that is completely alone in the world and they need to feel like someone cares for them. These are examples of needs. So let's pray for the Lord to guide each and every one of us. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, for your, for your goodness, for your mercy. As always, Lord God, I, I give you thanks and I praise you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the forgiveness of sins that we have through him. And Lord, because you, you went out of your way to help us, to give us eternal life, to have our sins forgiven through the sacrifice of your Son. Heavenly Father, thank you because you loved us and because you gave it all for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, O Lord, and, and guide us to, to understand and see clearly maybe those people or even a person that might be around us or far away, wherever they may be, Lord, help us to see clearly how we can help or that we should be helping. Help us, O Lord, not to have a hard heart. Help us not to be selfish. Help us, O Lord, not to be so engrossed in ourselves and in our little world that we forget that there's a larger world around us and especially a world that has great needs, Lord. Heavenly Father, help us to have open eyes and help us to have ready hands to be able to help. And again, just help us to see clearly where those needs are. Help us again not to worry about distances, not to worry about how difficult things might be, or not even worry about, well, how much can I help? And, you know, it's such a big problem. But rather, help us to just be easy for you to manage. And, Lord God, just sensitive to your will and to your ways and to just think about doing whatever it is we can do. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we mentioned in the preview, we'll be talking about our neighbor, or more specifically, 
loving our neighbor. Today's anchor passage, which will be the basis for our short discussion, can be found in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. Again, if you're following along with us, it's Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. And it says like this, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Today's message is a rather simple but fundamental one. But unfortunately, too many believers in Christ have not been very committed to helping their fellow man, their neighbor. It's apparent because most people spend their time and effort on things that have to do with themselves or their immediate family and friends. But when it comes to going outside of our own little worlds, there is no real effort made. And sometimes the only thing that may occur is probably throwing a little money to an institution or something like that so we can feel like we did something. Although it is not bad to give to a certain institution, it's not necessarily what Jesus taught. For your own sanity, though, you should research who you're giving money to because there are a lot of nonprofits and institutions that use the money they get to just keep themselves running. And the actual people that need the help only get 10 to 20% of the donation. I hate to say this, but there are institutions and organizations that are like the self-licking ice cream cone that they are composed of people that just find ways of how to stay employed and busy and just collect, but not necessarily to help the real issue. The system of bureaucracy they've created exists only to sustain itself, and that's it. It's a shame, but that happens a lot. But I apologize. I digress a bit. Let's look at the conversation and the story Jesus related to us. As part of the conversation between Jesus and the lawyer, or the scribe, Jesus answers the man's question, on what should be done to inherit eternal life. Jesus explains that the scriptures teach that it all revolves around love, and there is a priority. The first priority is that we are to love the Lord our God with everything we are. That is number one. The second priority is that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. But as the lawyer tries to justify himself, he tries to get Jesus to dig into this whole neighbor business. 
Who is our neighbor? The Lord then relates a story about a man who was robbed and left for dead, and about three others, a priest, meaning someone that is very knowledgeable about the, the scriptures, and exercises some spiritual authority, a Levite, which was a person dedicated to serving God in the temple, so another spiritual authority that knows very well what God wants, what's it, what is his will, and a Samaritan, a person that was despised by the Jews because his ancestry had to do with the intermingling of other nations, paganism, and idol worship. So in other words, this Samaritan was seen as someone that was spiritually and generationally dirty by the Jews. The Samaritan represented to them a very low-esteemed person. Now, both so-called spiritual authorities just passed by the wounded man and ignored him in his dire state. This man that had been robbed was in very bad shape. He had nothing of value left on him, first of all. Second, he was stranded, probably in a desolate place. Third, he was wounded and could not fend for himself physically. His condition was as bad as can be. Now let's look at the example the supposed undesirable Samaritan gave us. The first thing we see is that the Samaritan went by the wounded man. He didn't ignore him or went somewhere else. He veered off his original course because he was on a journey. That's what we read. He was on his way to go somewhere. The Samaritan was busy going somewhere. It's not like he had nothing else better to do. So despite the Samaritan being busy, he took time to help. Second, he had compassion on the person. He assessed what happened and was moved within himself. And there, his compassion turned into direct action, not just good thoughts and intentions. So the Samaritan helped the man in a very practical way. He first helped him with his most dire need, his health. Remember that the man was left half dead. So he patched him up and put on him oil and wine so that, that would help him heal. After helping with the healing process, he took him out of danger which meant he didn't leave him on the side of the road, wishing him luck on finding his way back or something. So the Samaritan spent even more time by sending him on his transport, on his animal, and bringing him somewhere so he could rest and receive even more attention. It says that he brought him to an inn and took care of him. The Samaritan took care of him. So now the Samaritan is spending more time and money. The next day, since he had to continue on his journey, he paid the innkeeper so the wounded man could stay there and recover while receiving more care. So the Samaritan spent even more money. A denarii, for instance, was a denomination of money with the equivalent of one full day of work for a laborer. And finally, he promised to come back and take care of any other expenses there may have been, so he spent even more money and time by traveling back. So the Samaritan gave quite a bit of care, of time, and money. He gave very practical help to a person who he did not know, nor did he have a relationship with. The wounded man was a complete stranger to him. And then, Jesus confirms a question about who the neighbor is. And of course, he instructs the lawyer to go and do the same. To help someone he doesn't know and sacrifice compassion, time, and money on a person who is in dire need. This teaching applies to us as well. But here's where we need to wrap it all together according to the instruction and order of priority the Lord gave us. Our first priority should be God. 
And out of that love and devotion to God is that our love for our neighbor should be generated and not the other way around. Here's where some folks get it wrong. Is it good to help people? Of course. But our love for God should generate it, not our human desire to be good. Because if a person helps another just because, they are doing a good deed, but it won't mean a thing because love towards God was not involved. There is no eternal value to it. We cannot be good because of ourselves, but rather, the good we do must be generated in our lives out of the love we have for God. Think about it this way. Let's say you do help someone, but you do it because you're trying to be a good person, and that person, that other person doesn't appreciate what's being done. What then? God didn't see it because he wasn't involved. So now, that good deed that was done has no meaning or reward. You can brainwash yourself all you want, that it feels good to just help someone, but it's like you're just throwing money out the window. And quite frankly, we can never be better than God. God is the only one that is truly good. Remember that He even teaches us to love our enemies. So there's no one better than God. Another thing to bear in mind is this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 31, it says, And just as you want men to do to you, you also do them likewise. So there's a golden rule. How would you like it if someone just passed by you and ignored you when you needed help the most? Would you like for people to ignore your pain, your heartache, your need, especially if you see that they're squandering away things that you need? It's like these absurd games you see on TV where they throw away food while millions of people are sitting in a desert somewhere just waiting to die because they don't have anything to eat. Could you imagine sitting one of those starving people in front of one of these games where food is thrown away? How would they feel? How would you feel if you were the one starving? And finally, you should keep this in mind also. Luke chapter 12 verse 48 teaches us and says, But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required and to him much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. Some day, some sooner than others, will need to give an account before God to see if whether we tried to help others in need or just squandered away the plenty God gave us. Let's not misunderstand something. God wants you to enjoy the things you get through your hard work. But what he frowns upon is when you are selfish and you don't think about others. If He gives you more than what you need, and think about this very carefully, then it should be shared with those that cannot help themselves, those that are in dire situations. Because we're not here to help the lazy either. Just keep that in mind as well. We need to love our neighbor that is in a terrible situation, the ones that are dealing with something that is beyond their control. In other words, they just cannot help themselves no matter what they do. So, enjoy what God gives you, but always remember, if God gives you more than you need, and you know what a need or a want is, I'm sure you do, it's because He wants you to do something with it, whether it is time, or money, or both. He's giving you the opportunity to bless others so you can have eternal reward 
after everything in this world has passed. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we, we give you thanks because you are a loving God. We were your enemies and dead in our sin. Yet you looked at us, Lord, and you did something great for us. Thank you for your love and for your mercy. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending him to die for us so that we could be saved, so that our sins can be forgiven. And not only that, God, you're, you're so good to us that you give us our, our daily breath, Lord. We breathe because of your mercy. We, we walk and talk and do whatever we do because of your mercy. We, we subsist because of you, Lord God. There's so many things that we owe you at every moment of our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to be able to learn to be as, as good as you are. And help us, O oh Lord, to, to help others. Help us, O oh Lord, to, to love you enough that we feel compelled to help our neighbors and to love our neighbors and to, to reach out, Lord, to do whatever it is we are able to do, whether it's a lot, whether it's a little, but to do it with all of our hearts and as a show of our love and gratitude to you. Help us, Heavenly Father, not to be selfish, Lord. Help us, O oh Lord, to have sensitive hearts to you and also to have a sensitivity towards those that are that are just in, in bad shape, Lord. They're just in, you know, terrible things have happened to them. And Lord, if, if we have it within our means, and and it's even something that is just extra in our lives, help us to see that, that extra in our lives and to just share it with them, Lord God. Help us, O oh Lord, to have loving and caring hearts. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, May the Lord bless you. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.